That's about enough of that. That song is, uh, <laughs> it's good in small doses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he does construction now. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah, because he had that um, TV show on like uh, home renovation. I think he had, a, yeah, he had a home renovation show, like which was yeah. news to me, but Jesus. <laughs> yeah, because he like came back and did um, one of, it, whatever that VH1 show was where they put everybody in the house. It's kind of like when Flavor Flav started to oh, kind of come yeah, back. Yeah. It predated Flavor of Love. Like so they had like they had like Vanilla Ice, Ron Jeremy, um I watched the whole thing. Uh <laughs> Vanilla Ice, Ron Jeremy, Flavor Flav, uh the chick from the Rocky movies. Um <laughs> Brigitte Brigitte Nilsson. Okay, gotcha. Um uh Charo. Uh you know, Coochie Coochie. Uh I don't know who that is Lebeau. or what that was. Oh, oh really? gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah, Char- also, Charo, s- master guitarist. Really? <laughs> She's really good. And not many people know that about her. Uh, there are there are people who've quoted saying she is a better guitarist than Jimi Hendrix. Damn. <laughs> I mean, she plays flamenco guitar, which is inherently... Yeah, that's I think, just, I- incredibly hard to do as it is. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a very hard guitar side. But anyways, yeah, they just threw him on a fucking house and just God. it was like Big Brother, but with all these washed up celebrities. Damn. And then <laughs> after that, we got like Flavor of Love, and then like yeah, Vanilla Ice eventually got that home renovation show because yeah. he does home renovation now. I mean, what else are you gonna do, man? That's <laughs> no, I might have to check that one out though. I don't usually watch those shows, but um, yeah, that one sounds intriguing. It it was weird. There's like a scene where Flavor Flav like they have a puppy and the dog like shit somewhere and he like woke up and like stepped in its shit and he got a little bit like too mad and aggressive with the dog. <laughs> okay. So they had this big house meeting about like Flavor Flav beating up a dog. It's fucking bizarre, dude. <laughs> okay. God. Um have you seen any like modern day game shows that are like on primetime TV nowadays? They are terrible. I- there's that yeah, like, like Masked Singer one that sucks. Um. Oh, I kind of like Masked Singer. <laughs> Do you really? I mean, it's we fun. don't talk it's about like, that. Who is it? <laughs> there, there was one episode I watched where it was motherfucking Cheech. <laughs> no way. Or no, sorry, no, it was Tommy Chong. Tommy Chong. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We we don't hear from Cheech. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, my fa- the reason I brought it up, my my family was talking about one called Name That Tune, and then Erica said she was home a couple weeks ago and was watching it with her parents, and they like apparently it's it's basically just like a you know we're gonna play four notes of the song and you have to guess what it is, super easy like um, tub thumping was one which was like intriguing to me, so I was like I'm gonna see what this is all about. Um, Randy Jackson is like the leader of the house band, he plays piano, um, oh. and I watched it 
it for like seven minutes last night, and I was like, okay, this is all I need to know about this show. This is so dumb. Well, I think like the personality, I think those shows are like so outdated and like the personalities that they get for them are just like so obnoxious. Yeah. It's just like, oh my God, I can't watch this. Yeah, it's real You bad. know what? Also, I forgot we were doing a podcast, but anyways, you know, one of the best shows that I've seen recently, and I don't even know anything about it, if it's old or, or newer or if it's still on. One of the best shows I've watched recently is a show called Forged and Fire. Okay. And it's a blacksmithing contestant show. I've heard of this. Yeah, that sounds dope. <laughs> Dude, not only is it super dope to watch, my favorite part about the show is there's no frills. Like, we were watching it, and like I was like, oh, oh, they're, oh, they're done? Oh, and they're just like... <laughs> Sorry, your blade did not meet, you know, it 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 did not meet. Please surrender your blade. It's like, well, thank you, thank you, thank you, bye. And they're done. And they're on to the next thing. And I'm like, oh my God. Like just taking out all those fucking frills and personalities. Yeah. And just like like there's one where um they they built they build a because they actually can go home to complete like the final blade. Like mm-hmm. the final round is them like going to their own forges and making like a full weapon mm-hmm. um which is also a part i like it's not like oh they're all in a house together like right. no just fucking make <laughs> yeah. us weapons we gotta keep this shit going <laughs> um but then they get like tested out and it's like the craziest test like that no weapon should ever have to do it's like <laughs> i'm gonna take your hatchet and i'm gonna try to cut this whiskey barrel in half it's like why <laughs> but okay <laughs> And, like, there was one where this dude, like, used somebody's blade and it hurt his wrist. Like, it fucked up his wrist real bad. And, like, he was mad. And, like, but not, like, you know, there's not, like, talking heads of them, like, oh, drama. It's just, like, the guy who made the blade was, like, I feel fucking terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I kind of hurt this guy. And the guy was, like okay and they like shook it i'm like this is the best show ever like <laughs> so awesome there's just no drama yeah and, it, and it's which is not, weird it's, for a reality show but exactly I like it. it's it's literally come here make blades we'll figure out who the best bladesmith is yeah. and i'm like dope that's fucking rad that is super cool one of my so. favorites that i've seen and I, I might have talked to you about this before but um it used to be on netflix it was a show i don't think it is anymore but if you can find it anywhere check it out it's called canada's worst handyman and it's kind of like <laughs> big brother but where they just take all these canadian people and make them live in a house but then they also make them do like home renovation projects like the first night in their house they're like okay we're gonna we're gonna have all 12 of you live in this house except there's no like running water right now so you have to figure figure out out. (laughs) (laughs) you have to figure out how to like install a toilet and then they'll do classes like there'll be a guy teaching like okay they'll make them take like an hour-long class all right here's how you install a toilet and then they're like okay go for it and then if your toilet isn't good enough to work that's too bad because that's your toilet until, you, <laughs> until you're off the show. <laughs> so. Until you figure out how to make a fucking toilet. Exactly. And it's got all these people that are just terrible at like any sort of like carpentry. There's this one dude that can't figure out how to use a drill, so he just tries hammering screws into like wood. Like you're that's the, the wrong tool for the job, brother. <laughs> just trying no, to use brute force to nail a screw in. <laughs> I can't lie and say I haven't done that, but um, I got I got one better for you. And we'll move on. Okay. There is a show that was not on very long. I forget what it's called, but I only learned about it through like my YouTube peeps. 
kind of reacting to the show. They literally took a group of, of elementary school children, took them out to the middle of the fucking desert, <laughs> and made them try to build a pioneer town. What? And I'm not exaggerating any of that information. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. So, the, yeah, it's just like this old pioneer town out in the middle of the fucking desert, and they basically just drop off a bus of kids and just say, like, figure out how to not die. <laughs> oh, and my God. And they actually, uh, John Tron actually interviewed one of the kids from the show who like just basically left because he was like, he was, he was like fucking seven. Oh my God. And just, just was like not into it. And, uh, he interviewed about him. Yeah. I mean, they were like sleeping on these like metal cots and the freezing cold of the, and it was not on very long. Somebody fucked up that. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, they're like slaughtering chickens and shit. Like, <laughs> it's a trip, man. God. It's like, ooh, greenlit this thing. I definitely want to watch, well, not the show, but the uh, YouTube commentators talking about the show. <laughs> yeah, I forget all who's watched it now. I know the biggest one was John Tron because he, he watched it and, like, did a did a reaction to it and then brought the kid on. Okay. Um, you know, as an adult now to talk about it. Yeah. And that was, that was pretty insane. That's amazing. <laughs> um, all right. Anyways, we're doing a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so let's uh, let's uh, get to it. Um, so we talked about for the sake of timing, we're going to skip the lightning round today, but we do have some beers to drink. So let's get into that. We do. We do. Let's get into some what you drink. And Mitch, what, what are you pouring down the old gullet today? All right. So as we talked about a couple weeks ago, I am on keto, so I am continuing that. But I got something kind of fun still. Um, it's not amazing, but um, I found this Yingling Flight um, oh, I've been wanting to kind of check that out. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Um, it's it, it tastes almost exactly like Michelob. Like if you can imagine a low yeah. calorie, low carb beer, that's what this tastes like. Um, Two point six carbs, ninety five calories. Uh, so it's uh, it's pretty tasty as far as you know light beers go. Yeah, I think really at that point, you know, what you're looking for is a light beer that like doesn't taste bad and you could drink and it's refreshing and it meets the dietary restrictions that you're looking for. Exactly. So it's not exactly <laughs> exciting. Um, exactly. Now, but, however, this particular beer might taste taste a little weird because um, I'm not sure the science behind it, but I'm sure you're not supposed to do this. I accidentally left this entire case of beer in my truck overnight, and it's like 15 degrees, so the all of them froze. Like they didn't explode, but they froze solid. So I had to bring them in and thaw them out a little bit. So it tastes a little. I don't know if that has any effect on the taste, but. I can't imagine that being good for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it could definitely affect the carbonation yeah. in it, I'm sure. So yeah, I'm I sure still have it's a like, decent amount of head. So. <laughs> I, it actually, yeah, they look fine, so maybe it didn't. Maybe it's just weird. Maybe it's mainly water. If it freezes, that right there tells you it's mainly water. Exactly. No, I knew. Like I left it in my truck all night, and when I woke up the next morning, I was like, those beers are mostly water. I'm confident that those froze. Sure yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, because like, liquor doesn't freeze. No, right. Because so, it's mainly alcohol. Exactly. Um, all right, Mitch. Well, I'm kind of in the same vein, because uh, Eli's been drinking a little bit too much lately, Ooh. so uh, I've been pulling back on drinking uh alcohol <laughs> so i'm keeping it light today um i have because i saw a commercial for it and i was like well now just everybody's in it everybody has a seltzer too many beer companies have a seltzer because yeah. i have in my hand michelob ultras or organic seltzer and it is the cucumber lime flavor oh my god that sounds weird 
and this has a USD USDA organic stamp on the can. <laughs> yeah, of course they do. I'm not super surprised that Michelob came out with a seltzer because they have been like the premier like fitness beer. But <laughs> bro, I just smelled this. It smells exactly like a cucumber. Ooh, okay. Do you think that's going to be a good thing? <laughs> it's actually really good. Is it that's good? Just, that's just cucumber water, homie. Like that. <laughs> that's actually really good. <laughs> I might have to run out and try it. Did they have more flavors than that? Uh, this is, I. they do. This is just the only one I could find mm-hmm. in a tall boy. Yeah, yeah. Because while I'm taking it easy, I still don't just want one beer. <laughs> exactly. Like a Mormon. <laughs> right. Now, look at you and me, man. We are both the picture of health this morning. <laughs> I mean, I just stopped like Friday. Okay. So, but I am. I am going to be cutting down on my beer intake. Just be, mainly because of that. Because it's just one of those things where it's like, it's not healthy. Like, am I really doing anything wrong drinking a 12-pack of beer in a night? Not really. But is it good for me? You know right. what I'm saying? Is this a good decision? Yeah. And I just, I, I think the easiest answer is clearly no. <laughs> like yeah. You, and and it's just out of like, I think coming out of the quarantine and all the stay at home orders and I just got in a really bad habit where that was like my fun Friday night thing to do is just kind of drink and play video games and eat bad. And, you know, I've just been feeling shitty lately. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, like, well, when I I could drink six or seven beers, go to bed fairly drunk, and wake up and feel okay. But I realized this the other day. It's like, well, I don't actually feel okay. Yeah. I'm just used to it. I'm right. used to, you know what I mean? I wake up, I feel like shit. I pop a couple of aspirin, drink some coffee, and then I feel normal. And it's like, well, that's not. <laughs> Like, that's not how you're supposed to wake up in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're still, you know, hungover. And, you know, in comparison, it's not as, you know, the most hungover you've ever been. But it's not the same as waking up without drinking. (laughs) Right. And, like, that's how I woke up this morning. And I woke up at a good time. And I felt great. And, you know, I've just been hanging out. And I was like, yeah, I should do this more. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to stop drinking as much. Like, I'm just kind of waiting for occasions where it would be fun too yeah i've been i i kind of made the swap over to this is kind of controversial to say on our podcast that we talk about beer a lot i've been switching over to like hard liquors uh I, my, my go-to now is kind of like a whiskey and diet coke um or just a plain whiskey neat um just because it makes me feel a little bit better because there's there's not so like it, it's not carbonated so i don't feel as full um and yeah. it does the job it gets me where i need to be <laughs> well and that's the thing too also you're just ingesting so much less liquid yeah that like i mean even if like whiskey or something have like a super high caloric intake which i don't feel like it does i don't think so i mean it's mainly just alcohol so however that however the sign i still barely understand what a calorie is so (laughs) um yeah no i i totally get that i agree i i was doing like jaeger and dr pepper for a while i would just have a nice strong stiff glass of that and i'd pretty much be drunk and i'd be like well i'm good Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. time to eat a bag of nachos and go to bed yeah um so but it but that's what i've noticed is like when i drink i eat bad i smoke more 
you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm making worse decisions. Yeah. Right. Right. I work with a buddy that, um, he, he lost a whole bunch of weight. Like we're talking like almost a hundred pounds. He was a big Mm -hmm. dude. And I was like, man, you, you look, you look great. How, like, how, how did you lose that weight? He was like, Oh, I just stopped drinking. I was like, you drank that much. He was like, no, but I would get trashed every week, every weeknight and then want McDonald's at midnight. So exactly. (laughs) That's, that's what I do. That's a hundred percent. That's I could make food or I could DoorDash. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that's that's a yeah, that's a big thing. But yeah. yeah, so we'll we'll see how long beer even is relevant to the podcast <laughs> right. anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh alrighty. So, so um yeah, do we just want to get into it or do we have any I, I did kinda wanna say I heard uh Weezer's new single. Did you? Cool. Yeah, we can uh, we can talk about that if you want. I, I was thin, thinking about saving it for the what you uh cranking, but yeah, let's um let's talk about that. So I um have been really excited. Uh, I'm glad you uh, listen to it. Weezer has a new album coming out on Friday, this Friday, if you're listening to this in real time, the 29th. Um, it's called OK Human, um, which is a you know joke on the uh, OK Computer Radiohead album. Yeah, um, 100%. And I was doing, I, I, I'm part of the Weezer subreddit, and people were posting all sorts of like conspiracy theory type, like, um, you know, hints that Rivers, Rivers Cuomo and like Weezer, they've always been like, Every time they release an album, they make it a huge deal. They make, you know, months in advance. They're like, you know, they drop a few singles, they hype it up real big. Um, this time they didn't do that like at all. They kind of hinted that they were working on a new album, but they didn't really release what it was until like a couple weeks ago. Um, they did release one single, and that's all they're gonna do. Um, and this, and that's just like a week ahead of the album. Um, but one really cool thing that they did was um, there is a Weezer fan club out there that I should I should I should be a part of I should join. Um, basically, what they did is um, for, to certain people that were part of the Weezer fan club, they mailed them a um, they mailed them like a floppy disk. <laughs> So these people like would just and it, it didn't have anything on it. They couldn't tell it was from Weezer. They just got a floppy disk in the mail and they were like, "Well, what is this?" So then the first part was like, "I have to track down like a computer or some way to read this floppy disk because I don't right. even think this technology exists anymore." So what they did was once they popped the found a way to open the floppy disk. Um, on the floppy disk was a. Um, it was so funny. It was a picture of. Uh, Bill Gates, but they had photoshopped River Rivers Cuomo's face over Bill Gates' face, um, and then there was a link to a Spotify playlist. If you like, click the link, it it opened up a Spotify playlist, and the Spotify playlist was just called one song. Uh, it was one song, and it was this like synthesized lady's voice that was really kind of cryptic, and they they just did something really cool, and the, the, I. I it, it was just kind of cool that they were being so like n- weirdly cryptic about dropping an album. I, I kind of like when bands do that. They're going to be like, "Hey, here's something for the fans. Like we're gonna we're gonna surprise them, but we're gonna drop hints." Like you know, certain bands do that a lot, and I really like the creativity aspect of it. Um, super cool stuff. So anyway, they have a concept album coming out called OK Human that 
is kind of a concept album about how technology has ruined the world. So one thing that they did on this album, (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) It's almost a little pretentious. Yeah. um, On this album, they didn't really use any instruments except for they brought in like a 40 person orchestra and they had a drum set and that is it. There's no electric guitars. There's no electric bass. There's like orchestra strings, instruments, uh, brass, woodwinds, and a drum set. That is it. And I'm kind of Hmm. excited about that. It's definitely a weird Weezer thing to do. Um, So it'll be not like their stuff in the past, but um, I'm looking forward to it. So. Yeah, I mean that I I can't lie and say it's not interesting. I think the the theme of the album is like, oh yeah, beat that fucking dead horse some more. I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I mean, I get it. I was sixteen too. I did the same thing. <laughs> right. um, but no, I mean that that's a cool musical idea. And I heard the single, and I didn't really pick up on that, which I kind of was surprised on. I didn't realize that there. I I mean, I didn't get to listen to the whole thing because I called it on the radio. Mm-hmm. But I listened to the majority of it. But yeah, no, I mean, I did like it. I actually thought it was pretty good. And I don't know, maybe that's what they need to do is kind of do something different like that to kind of, to kind of, uh, well, they did a thing where, so as an outsider who like likes Weezer, but by no means is their favorite band, I felt like they had a very particular cool sound in the beginning. Somewhere down the road, they got really into like pop music mm-hmm. and they went in this very weird direction of trying to make dancey pop music for a long time. And then they finally kind of was like, let's get back to where we started and make like nerdy kick ass rock music. Mm-hmm. Did that for a couple albums. And now I feel like they're doing this. So I feel like I respect Weezer because they have tried to do different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just think the thing that would, to me, the thing about being a Weezer fan that probably sucks is they have some very low points in their musical career. Yeah, definitely. It's and it's definitely one of those things where like, they actually have two albums coming out this year. One is this next week called OK Human, and then they're working on another one. Well, that's going to be coming out in May, I believe, and that one is called Van Weezer, and it's going to be like an '80s like hair metal like album which right. is kind of their roots like Weezer started out as a Kiss cover band that's what Rivers did in high school um, right. so the, I, 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 I'm I'm feeling hopeful about that one but you're right that's one of the worst things about being a Weezer fan is like oh they're working on a new album is it going to be the worst thing they've ever done or is it going to be good <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 because that's the thing because like when we did those those Foo Fighters versus Weezer episodes and I would go back and listen to some of these Weezer tracks I realized there's a plenty of Weezer songs that I really do like and enjoy mm-hmm. but there's a lot that i just don't like because to me it doesn't sound like weezer you know what right. i mean it sounds yeah. like a, a real niche thing <laughs> yeah um okay well the only other thing i was going to bring up just because like the foo fighters are also releasing a new album this year mm-hmm. they got three singles out all of them fucking bang in my opinion i think they're all super cool um, and they played at Biden's inauguration. That's I don't right. know if you yeah. saw that. Yeah, they did times like these for all the teachers out there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I did not and see that. It is. It was super cool. They did the version they did on SNL mm-hmm. um, during the presidential election, which yeah. was really... I remember then it was super impactful, and it was still kind of impactful watching it during Biden, Biden's inauguration because, like, it's it, it was... like like And that's... I was thankful that like they weren't doing some big political spectrum kind of thing. It was just like we're shouting out all the teachers who had to a really hard job 
Mm -hmm. this past year and they did times like these and times like these while it's kind of a bumper sticker kind of a song Mm -hmm. is such a good song though for like you know like times like these you know you learn to live again and you know it's and i thought it i thought it was it hit the nail on the head yeah yeah very well when i so when they did that on a saturday night live i was like what are they doing this is kind of weird like they slowed it down a lot it was very much acoustic and it it, only then when they did that because i've heard that song a thousand times and i've always loved it but only in that context like on saturday night live during the presidential election and they stripped the song down you could actually listen to the lyrics and kind of see how it fit with the current times that we're going through and i think it just you know made me appreciate it that much more like i heard it and it was like i was hearing it for the first time (laughs) no agreed and i i it was impactful then it was impactful when they did it on inauguration day and Mm -hmm. yeah so kind of kind of a little bit of exciting time for me and you both of our favorite bands are doing cool shit yeah Uh, yeah oh also favorite part favorite part about that everybody wore suits and then taylor hawkins had just a fucking uh dress vest on <laughs> and no shirt underneath That's, that is awesome uh i'm, I'm not like, surprised at all <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm kind of surprised he got away with that to be yeah, honest with you right <laughs> all right speaking of music mitch let's uh let's get into this fucking can of worms that we're about to open up here yeah let's do it um not sure how to start this one um <laughs> there's so, so much to go over I, I agree. I have no idea where to fucking start. What we want to talk about is plagiarism and music because we kind of got into a heated debate one episode about the about Stairway to Heaven, basically. And it was kind of one of those things in a friendship where you're like, oh, I feel like he thinks something weird or like is very <laughs> vehemently opposed to the way I think about this. So we wanted to do an episode because we wanted to talk about it more. I think the issue is, is I don't really know. Like we planned it as a debate, but I don't really know what to debate. Like, yeah, I don't really either. But but I think the difference is, is like I want to take a stance that plagiarism in music really is barely a thing and doesn't actually happen. But people use that for financial gain. So I think most cases where they come up, it's less about it actually being stolen music and more about being here is an opportunity because you wrote two seconds of a song that sounds like my song i'm gonna sue you mm-hmm. yeah th- th- that's my overall opinion of it happening like because we disagreed about the the song in question was stairway right who if you don't know um stairway is commonly debated um there is a song out there called um spirit by the band taurus um that sounds an awful lot like the intro guitar part to stairway um so and then that kind of like brought up this discussion where you know we we agree we agree on a lot of things but i think this is one thing that we don't really agree on so i thought it would be kind of fun to just hash it out and And i yeah and i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to take an even a more extreme stance than i feel to actually kind of bring up some kind of debate thing Mm -hmm. um i could take a pretty extreme because i do actually have a pretty strong opinion on copyright laws mm -hmm. so 
I'm going to take a fairly extreme stance. Yeah. So the stance I'm pretty much going to be representing is that while, yes, I do agree with you that there are certainly people out there that um, are too quick to go and sue because two songs sound too similar, there is a, I think that there is a hard line between two songs sounding the same and blatant copyright infringement, um, blatantly stealing a song and trying to get away from it, uh, trying to get away with it. And I think that Led Zeppelin is on the wrong side of that line um you know that being said i am a big led zeppelin fan and i um you know and i and i will always be but i i think that they're too far on the other side of the line to me to respect them as as much as i think they deserve to be respected right because what i would say is like wouldn't wouldn't you kind of not be a fan if you really think they ripped off all that music, yeah. Well, we'll get into that. We'll we'll talk about why I still why I still am a fan. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mostly. So to start this off, I did the uh, I played the uh, Ice Ice Baby to begin this episode because I thought it would be a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about today. Um, as you know, Ice Ice Baby is a one of the most famous copyright lawsuits ever. Um, they got sued by David Bowie and Queen, and he lost the copyright lawsuit um so uh, and which led him to doing these stupid home renovation shows so <laughs> <laughs> right um yeah and i will say that if there's one song i think we can go to it would be ice ice baby that yeah. we could be in agreement about because like clearly you took it you sampled uh under pressure but you sampled too much of the song right (laughs) you sampled like way too much of the song and then you did all this other stuff over it and yeah like you can't do it that way that's not how you sample something yeah um so but yeah um well mitch start us off what points do you want to make okay so the first point i want to make is that um Let's talk about the history of blues for a second. Um, right around the, the history of the blues began in like 1850s, 1860s, um, right around the time of slavery. They kind of started off as these African spirituals, which morphed into blues. Um, and because it was so long ago, prior to any you know technology to record music, um, it was all over the place. People were borrowing music, covering it. Um, and that was kind of the lay of the land. That was what everybody was doing. Blues history is steeped in covering other people's stuff. Um, but I think that's mostly just because um, they wanted to pay respects to fellow musicians that they appreciated. And they wanted other people to hear their music. And this was before recorded music was a thing. So back in the you know 1920s 1930s when blues was really starting to become a thing uh, you know you had like muddy waters and um pine top perkins all those guys like they were covering other people's stuff but i think that they were doing it in a way that didn't that wasn't across you know uh, over the line they were they were doing it in a way that they were a the most important thing the difference between covering and stealing is they were acknowledging the original artist um and i feel like for the most part back in the day they were acknowledging the original musician um 
which is the a huge deciding factor. Um, I was doing a little bit of research and I came up came across a couple quotes. Um, my favorite one is someone asked Bob Dylan um, how he felt about um, basically copyright infringement and stealing other people's music, and Bob Dylan said, "It's an old thing. It's part of the tradition. It goes way back." So there you go. You have Bob Dylan basically admitting to kind of lifting other people's songs. Um, another quote I came across that I liked a lot, um, they were interviewing Steven Tyler for some reason about Elvis, and Steven Tyler said, <laughs> um, they asked they asked Steven Tyler if Elvis was a thief, and Steven Tyler said, absolutely. If I could sit down with Elvis, I'd smack him in the face for not giving credit to all those black musicians. <laughs> so, so, just a couple quotes to show you, like, <laughs> this is a thing. Do you think Steven Tyler, when they asked him, he was just like, yeah, you! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I'd smack him in the face! <laughs> I fucking love and hate Aerosmith all the same time. Me too. Me too. <laughs> um... So the last thing yeah. I want to mention about that is um, I was also doing a little bit of research on the history of like copyright laws, um, and pretty much how it works is um, if a musician has been dead for like I think it's a hundred years, then their music is open for um, it's common use. So you're allowed to yeah. use it if the musician's been dead for a hundred. Free, yeah, there you go. Um, and then actually the first copyright law wasn't officially introduced like until 1972 which is mm. super late so prior yeah. to 1972 it wasn't it was shady but it wasn't illegal um, and the funny the, the funny part about the 1972 date is if you look at Led Zeppelin's catalog um, and their first four albums were from 1968 to 1972 um, and those are the albums that have the most uh, obscene uh, instances of potential song stealing. Um, after 1972, they really slowed down, and I will admit, like from there, from 1972 on, Led Zeppelin didn't really have any crazy um, instances of song stealing. Um, and I, personally, I think it's too much of a coincidence to, you know, to be natural. Um, but the other thing okay. is, <laughs> the other thing is, if you also look at Led Zeppelin's catalog, their first four albums were hands down the best. I don't think there's a Led Zeppelin fan out there that yeah. would say, "Oh yeah, their later stuff is much better." No. Yeah, like, I love physical graffiti. <laughs> exactly. So it's kind of it's kind of funny that their first four albums were the ones they stole the most on, and they were the best. And after that, they kind of went downhill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So Mitch, Mitch brought up a, a a few good points. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm I'm going to kind of rebuttal against not because so, I don't think I'm really going to be the first one to take up a mantle for Led Zeppelin. However, yeah. I think I can at least address some of the things with Led Zeppelin and compare them. I think the reason that we get so mad at Elvis though is because he he kind of stole like black music in a way that was not an homage like right. he wasn't like i'm gonna i'm gonna take this blues song and kind of riff on it and then you know be like oh well this was the inspiration like no it it just but if the first copyright law didn't come out till 1972 i think it was unprecedented 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think this had happened before. So I don't yeah. think that Elvis was like, hmm, all these African-American people are making <laughs> cool music. What if right. I did it as a white man? Like, Elvis loved that style of music. That's why yeah. he took it. You right. know what I mean? That's why he covered it. And also, I did a little bit of research on him, too, and I give him a little bit of leeway because, to be honest with you, like, yes, he was he, his only fault was he was a good-looking dude that had a good voice from, like, Mississippi or whatever. He was pretty dumb. He was super immature. But yeah. record producers, like, back then, they knew, they, they basically needed to use him, and he was. He was absolutely used by the record companies to sell records to white people because the record producers were yeah. like, Oh, this music's great. We should, but people won't buy it if it's by a black guy. So, yep. Now that, yeah, now that's true. And I think, <laughs> I think that this is one of the reasons why I tend to want to write off or kind of fight against the idea of plagiarism in music because of that. Because I think that only exists because of the record companies. Mm-hmm. Most artists all understand that inherently there is going to be overlap. And mm-hmm. I and what I will explain is why that overlap will inherently be there, and why plagiarism in modern pop music is not a thing. Right. So I do yeah. have some points to that. So what I'm going to hop into, I'm going to bring up a couple things. So um, I have a quote too. Ooh. From BB King. Okay. And he said, "I don't think any of us steal, but we all borrow." Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I think that, and and as one of the most premier blues musicians ever. I mean, he's one of the most famous, you know, blues musicians ever. Um, I think that means something. And I think you're right. I think in blues, it's a part of the tradition. It's there that you kind of like take a song and you do your own version of it and, and you pay that homage. But I would even go out on a limb and say that the format of blues music is not original. So it's inherently made to be standardized. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm burping a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, the twelve-bar blues is a pattern. Right. It's literally like bordering on an algorithm. Mm-hmm. So if you play twelve-bar blues and you play it close to the same tempo, an E, and I have a song where I played the twelve-bar blues and A. It's the same fucking song. Mm-hmm. It's not different. I'm just doing my flair, my style on it. Mm-hmm. So blues music is a perfect example of it's born to be plagiarized. It's mm-hmm. formulaic. And I think that's the whole point is as a blues musician, it wasn't like I'm doing a new thing, man. I'm coming up with a new st-. Like, no, you're going to play the 12 bar blues. You're just going to do it the BB King way or you're yeah. going to be Muddy Waters about it or you're going to be, you know, I don't I don't have. I love blues music. I just can't remember anybody. But you're going to do it in your own way. Um, Now, that's on all all blues music is not 12-bar blues. However, its structure is inherently the same and repeated over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. So inherently, naturally, it's plagiarized. Right. If we go by that definition. Yeah, and I will give you that. I I think, yeah, 12-bar blues, you're, you're definitely right. There is a pattern that... Eventually, you're all going to come up with the same solution. Um, but the one thing that I think separates Led Zeppelin and people that are absolutely just blatantly ripping people off is lyrics. I, I think, um, yes, it's totally fine to to an extent plagiarize chord progressions because those can't be copywritten. That is a formula that's withstood the test of time. Um, to an extent, like melody, um, timing, those are things that 
you can kind of replicate without you know being a thief. But Led Zeppelin did this constantly with lyrics. That is a big no-no in my book. <laughs> no, that's fair, and I don't know much about that. So I, yeah. but I almost want to leave lyrics out of the conversation. Okay. The reason being is because yeah, that's blatant. <laughs> because so if, it's uh, because it's detrimental to your case. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but see, to me, lyrics aren't what we're talking about because that's not what people go to court over. Yeah. They don't go to court over lyrics. They go to court over music. Yeah, that's pretty much true. So that that would be in in my mind and in my case the thing I I want to argue against. Lyrics, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't yeah, if if you if you show me a page of lyrics here and a page of this musician like, yeah, I'm not going to argue that. Like, no, yeah, they, they stole it then. Right. Yeah. So they but <laughs> okay, so cuz here's my issue. Lyrics clear cut, black and white. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Any monkey brain person can see that, right? Right. Here's my issue with music. It's not strict enough. Or yeah. it's too vague. All the laws mm-hmm. are way too vague. Yeah, and definitely. I think everyone can admit that there's not a standard to it. It's it's because I relate it to so when America developed laws against pornography, okay, there was mm-hmm. a congressman that was asked well, how how do you determine what's pornography and what's not pornography? And he said, I don't know, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, yeah. And I think copyright laws and music are the exact same fucking way. And it's, I, like I don't know, but I can tell you when I hear it. <laughs> and that's not fair because yeah. I think what tends to happen is that either there, there's one or two ways that things happen. It's either a big band who has the legal power to the money to use the law for them to benefit or it's smaller musicians who are using the law to benefit them to go against bigger musicians Mm -hmm. who just have a similar part of their song that maybe they did lift but it's not the whole song yeah and they wrote a better song and i think that band also i thought the band was called spirit not taurus um yes the band is called spirit this song is called taurus i might have that flipped okay um i think that and i listened to it again today to really Mm -hmm. hear it and it's there that that and i even i even saw it written up it's a four chord descending chromatic pattern yeah yeah that's it that's the (laughs) only similarity everything else is different and spirit had the song taurus which is a dumb fucking song led zeppelin (laughs) wrote stairway to heaven i completely agree with you there (laughs) the most popular song ever so in my mind what tends to happen is it's nine times out of ten it's it's kind of one power dynamic against the other which to me is not is it's born out of opportunity Mm -hmm. i think I have a song that's, you know, I have this song. When I played against your song, it sounds similar. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to sue you for plagiarism. Whether you actually did that or not, you can't prove. Well, in the in the case of Spirit, they kind of can prove it, but they didn't. They had the lawsuit and Led Zeppelin won. But the part that I think is so uh, damning about that is that Spirit went on tour with Led Zeppelin. They opened for Led Zeppelin. There is not a chance Jimmy Page did not hear that song. They toured with them. So that, to me, is enough evidence to be like, oh, okay, well, he definitely heard it before. Um, if you can prove that he's familiar with that work before he you know, wrote it, I think that says all you need to know. But anyway, that's, yeah. 
But does using four chords equate to stealing a whole song? Stairway no. to Heaven is eight minutes. Exactly. That and only the first part song. of that is that same chord progression. So. I mean, that's just that's just where that's where I tend to just kind of laugh a lot of this shit off is just like if you're talking about one idea and saying they ripped off the whole song, they wrote the rest of the fucking song. Yeah, right. So I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and hit you with the to me, the biggest thing to help me Mm -hmm. in in my case. Bring it on. I'm going to go ahead and just bring it up now. Um. Uh oh. My hyperlink may not work. Okay. <laughs> so there's a post on Reddit in the music theory uh, subreddit. And um, there's this guy named Kenny Ning. I don't really know much about him. I believe he works for Spotify. Okay. Um, it's an expert from an article here. I'm gonna open I'm gonna open the whole article here. Um Yeah, so he he worked for Spotify. So what he did is he took the 30 million songs that Spotify had in their database. And this this happened... When did this happen? When did he do this? A while ago. It was a long time ago. Um, like four or five years. But he took the 30 million songs that Spotify had in their database at the time. And he said that more than a third of the songs... So we're talking over like 33% of all these songs, which is over 10 million songs, mm. were written in four keys. Yeah. G yeah. major, C major, D major, and A major. Yeah. So I would just say, Mitch, as a songwriter, if you have written a song in G major, C major, D major, and A major, more than likely, you've written, whether intentionally or not, and that is important in plagiarism law and music, mm-hmm. I, I do get that, but that's my whole point, is you have written something that will sound like one of those over 10 million songs right Inevitably. well chord progressions can't really be copywritten so because i do that all the time I, I will admit a lot of the songs i write are in those keys no um but, but I, I, can, I like though. to think it what they, they can though that's the whole argument is because it's it's you, correct you're not they're not saying oh because you played a then d then e it's the same song however yeah. the you know, like you can, so you could take a three chord song mm-hmm. and you could play it One, in four, different five. keys, right? So you could take a, you know, uh, okay, so I'll play, you know, these three chords in D major. Now I could play them in A major. That's what I'm saying. It's, and, it, and it's different chords, but it's the same structure of a song. Every mm-hmm. like gospel song is three chords that just follow the same pattern. Yeah, most pop songs are either like one four five or one five six four. Like right. for example, Beverly Hills by Weezer is almost the it's the same exact chord progression as I Love Rock and Roll. So right, <laughs> and so the I, two songs are pretty different. <laughs> so what I would argue though is that it, to me it's it's a way around saying what it it actually means is yes they're not saying you use the same exact chords in the same exact way to to yeah. replicate this song that's why i think it's bullshit because i think what they're saying is oh well you wrote a song in a different key and the way you did the chords well it kind of sounds like this song and it's like well is it because inevitably because inherently my argument is this pop music is all made for the same reason and pop music includes rock music 
um, R&B, blues, uh, even soul to an extent, mm-hmm. any modern indie music. Th- those, those, all those genres are are modern pop music, mm-hmm. and they are all made for the same reason, and that's to be enjoyable, make people dance, to mm-hmm. be fun to listen to and enjoy. Right. Inevitably, so, we will repeat the things that are the most pleasing. Yeah. So I think the argument is invalid that you can legitimately steal a song from somebody unless you legitimately steal the song. And that means I'm taking the entirety of this song and releasing it without giving you any credit. Right. The next point that I was going to talk about, which is pretty much the same as yours, and I'm helping you out a little bit, but um, it's pretty much the idea of parallel thought. Um, so in music theory, there are 12 notes in a key. So let's let's take, for example, like a pop song done in a major key. So you start with 12 notes. Um, if you want it to be in a major scale, you do away with five of those notes. So then you have seven. So you, right. the, when, you, when it comes time to write a melody in a major scale you have seven notes to choose from and every song since the 1900s has been using those same seven notes just in a different you know pattern um and then um uh yeah so it basically it i, I do i do, so there's there's a big difference between um there, there's there's a recipe for writing a song you start with the chord progression and then you if you wanted to make it a major song you have the you know the melody you throw some harmonies on there um a plus b plus c equals a pop song and you can't really change a b and c out because that's what makes it pleasing to the ear um so that kind of brought up my other my next point, which which was going to be kind of about comedy, are you ready to kind of take a sidebar into comedy? Is that okay? Uh, yes, let's sidebar into comedy. Okay, so plagiarism isn't just a thing in music; um, it's a huge thing in the world of comedy as well. Um, and this, I think, this is the best time to bring it up because there are since the beginning of the idea of comedy, there has been a recipe for writing a joke that is the setup plus punchline times misdirection. If you can throw some misdirection in there, that makes the punchline even better. Um, And every joke is based on that same principle. And you can't change it, because that's what a joke is. (laughs) Um, So... For example, like uh, I wanted to bring up, like there's there's been some I've I've gone down the rabbit hole of like comedians plagiarizing other comedians' jokes. Mm-hmm. There's so much out there; it's hilarious. You gotta watch the um, Joe Rogan at the Comedy Store calls out Carlos Mencia. Yeah. yeah, that is one of my favorite like beefs out there. Um, Dane Cook stole a joke from Louis C.K. Um, mm-hmm. and that that's uh, there's so much good stuff out there. Um, but that's been like you know a very popular thing to talk about because so much of comedy is parallel thought. You know they they talk about in your when you're writing anything, the first rule is write about what you know. Um, so if you've ever heard like the hacky like Seinfeld bit, like what's up with airplanes? Yeah. Like air, let's talk about airline food. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. The reason that's such a iconic like hacky joke is because comedians write about what they know and they spend a lot of time flying and traveling. So they're gonna observe observation comedians are going to observe a lot of the same things and once you start okay if you want to talk about airplanes okay that's your subject that's your setup um and then you have b your punchline um all comedians kind of know the recipe for writing a joke so all jokes about airplanes are kind of the same way that's why if you're a comedian and you start to hear somebody tell a joke you can kind of guess where they're going to go with it because there's a there's a script to follow 
Yeah. So that's it, music works in the same way. It, it, I would totally agree. So I think there's going to be that overlap. I think the reason that like comedians get called out is that it's it's like it's the beat for beat. You know what I mean? Like Amy Schumer has a lot of really bad cases against her because not only is she talking about the same topic, because as a comedian, it's like, you know, I make a joke about Roseanne Barr. Okay, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean nobody else can ever talk about Roseanne Barr. (laughs) Right. But if somebody tells the same kind of punchline that I told and they're following the setup almost beat for beat and there's no, you know, there's nothing about it that really makes it unique they're basically ripping off my bit mm-hmm. now i but once again though i still have a case to just like where i get this parallel thought idea and taking jokes and see it's just like it's hard because then like i have two two of my favorite comedians are one of the biggest cases of this and that's bill hicks and dennis leary mm-hmm. dennis leary is famously accused of just basically ripping off bill hicks entirely even his personality yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can pull clips out of context and see that, yeah, like Dennis Leary is doing a lot of Bill Hicks personality. But what Dennis Leary also does is things that Bill Hicks never did. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Hicks never did monologues like an actual monologue. And Dennis Leary did in a lot of his stand up specials. Um, he also had music where he sung over it. Bill mm-hmm. Hicks like wrote music, but he recorded his own music it wasn't comedy music yeah um dennis leary though so to me it's really easy to pull out a snippet and say oh look it's exactly the same isn't it it's like well yeah but what's the overall context yeah yeah and i think the only way to truly understand a piece of music in and even you know comedy to an extent is to look at the whole context so if you're telling me that you can pull out out of two hours worth of material and there's 45 seconds that's the same as another comedian, does that mean they stole all their jokes? I really don't think so. Same with the mm-hmm. song. It's it's the same exact thing with the song. You pull out 10 seconds of a song, and you tell me it sounds like this song, does that mean they stole that? I don't really think so. We're Look at the whole context of the song. What does the song do? If you're accusing somebody of plagiarism, you're accusing them of literally stealing an idea. And I think that is thought police-esque shit. And mm. I don't think that's how that works at all. Right, right. But I have an example of where it happened and where it was fucked up and wrong. Oh, yeah? I do. Let's do it. Mitch, have you ever heard of Zach Brown and the Zach Brown Band? <laughs> of course I have, yeah. Right. <laughs> Beer's good. Chicken. What is that song? What's that song? Um, Beer's good. I, I, chicken, I, chicken, chicken fried something about chicken fried people are crazy <laughs> that song. i think those are two different songs but sure okay zach brown had a song that is okay. insanely popular it's his most favorite song well when he was coming up with his band doing his thing as a songwriter he wrote that song and a band literally took it and put it out recorded it and put it out on the radio oh god and um he was he was he tells this story man and it cracks me up uh he's just like driving down (laughs) driving down the street and he's like i hear my my song my fucking song (laughs) and it's like what the hell (laughs) 
So he went through a legal battle and, 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 you know, one, now he owns the song and he released it as Zach Brown and, you know, made Mm -hmm. gobs of money. And yeah, I don't really remember a lot of the details, but I don't think that band is really around anymore because he basically trashed the fuck out of them because they literally ripped off his song. Now to me, yes, that obviously, and we should have copyright laws and things like that in place for that because that's Mm -hmm. terrible to fucking do to somebody. Um, but I think even in the ice ice baby, just because it's the fucking baseline from under pressure, does David Bowie really got to make more money? Because (laughs) if you play under pressure and ice ice baby, that shit sounds nothing alike. I don't care that the baseline's there. Those two songs could not have been produced any fucking differently. Yeah, but I just think like the while I do admit there is a lot of gray area. I th- like you said, like you, I, I, yeah, I know it when I see it, and I it's kind of hard to describe. Like one of the one of the things I was going to bring up is like the whole comedy thing. Like while there are, um, you know. there's a lot of gray area and parallel thought because yes there is a certain recipe for things but if you've ever looked into the louis ck and dane cook beef that one is hilarious because i think dane cook did it in a so obvious manner that if he just tweaked one little thing he probably would have gotten away with it um the the joke that he that he got called out for is um louis ck has this bit about like you know if i ever have kids uh and i'm gonna butcher this by the way because i haven't heard it in a while and i'm not Mm -hmm. a comedian um, right. Louis, Louis C.K. has a joke that's like, if I ever have kids, I'm going to name them just something crazy because you get to pick your kid's name. Um, it doesn't have to be like Daniel or Charlie. It can be whatever you want. It could just be like random nonsense. It could be like, he just like says like just nonsense. Um, Dane Cook has a very similar setup. And then when it comes time to say the nonsense word, he said almost the exact same thing Louis C.K. did. Like, which to me is like, okay, that's pretty fucking crazy. Because, yes, you could have made up any word. And the one you chose to made up sounds exactly like what Louis C.K. said. Like, that to me says, okay, you've obviously heard that bit before. So... That's that's the line, I think. <laughs> it's kind of like the lyric thing. Like, okay, you just ripped off some of these lyrics. <laughs> well, yeah, and I do think that would be the difference between comedy and music because comedy, you can... It's like spoken word, so it's like a little bit mm-hmm. easier to pinpoint. I just... That's what I'm trying to say is in music, though, I d- if you're going to sue someone <laughs> and there's going to be a courtroom full of people who aren't professional musicians or people mm-hmm. that have degrees in music theory i just think that's all just a bunch of bullshit like nobody yeah. actually knows you're just going to call in a music theorist who says like well yeah this is the same but these are all the ways it's different too I, it just it sounds an awful lot like bullshit to me right and i think wholeheartedly and this i do actually believe if we really want to talk about music plagiarism every hip-hop or rap song that samples another song is plagiarism by that definition See, that's where we definitely disagree, because I think sampling is paying an homage to a previous artist. Nope, There's... not according to plagiarism. It's not. <laughs> it, it just is. Inherently, it's not. Because if you say that, then Ice Ice Baby paid homage to Under Pressure. And if you say no, then that's contradicts the whole idea. Well, most sampling, when used in a non-like 
shady way. Um, like, for example, one of my favorites is um, Ice, uh, Ice Cube. Today was a good day. He sampled the uh, one uh, an Eiley Brothers song. And yeah. when he wrote the song and came out with that, he was very upfront. He was like, okay, this is a, this, this bass line or whatever was written by the Eiley Brothers. He credited them as a writer. Okay. That's the big difference. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> You're that's not trying fair. to fool anybody. Because we've all seen that Vanilla Ice interview where he's like, well, their bass line goes, da na 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 Our goes, na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in all fairness, I hear you. So, I do agree yeah. with that point. But still, to me, that's semantical. So, because Ice Ice, because Vanilla Ice didn't want to just say, that it was the exact same baseline from Under Pressure, because he was probably trying to say, well, we did try to change it. We tr- we took that and tried to make it different, and everybody's telling me it's the same baseline. It's fucking not. Yeah, but that's doing it in a sneaky way. I think the up the the way to do this on the up and up is, and there definitely is. Like for example, Miley Cyrus just came out with a song where she used Stevie Nicks' "The Edge of 17 like guitar riff or whatever. Before she even put out the song, she went to Stevie Nicks and asked permission. She credited her as a writer. That's obviously not th- stealing if you get someone's permission to do it. <laughs> so my my issue is that there's a moral high ground of not taking other people's music, but we're drawing the. I think that it's a it's a moral endeavor and behind that is just a facade when in reality we're just drawing lines about semantics. So if Vanilla Ice had this lick and he was like, Oh, that's cool and, and he did change it, every sample has changed. It's not the exact same thing. Every sample is all that's what sampling is. You take it, you take an excerpt, change it, slow it down, speed it up, whatever and get it to fit in the context of the whole song, and you build the song around that. That's no different than what Vanilla Ice did. If you break into your neighbor's house and steal $100, is that wrong? See, yes. That's if exactly say, what I'm if saying. If you go to your neighbor and say, hey, can I borrow 100 bucks?" and they say yes, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but, you're, but there are plenty of people who have have done the same thing what i'm saying is you're making a moral argument against it and that's the issue is when you when you bring it into a moral ethical dilemma then then it's easier to write it out but i'm saying it's the same thing it's you're just putting the moral spin on it which causes it to be more of an issue and that's why there is such an argument plagiarism in music and why people shit on all the people because it becomes a moral quest to weed out the ruthless terrible musicians who (laughs) steal music from other people it's like they're not doing anything different they're just maybe they made a mistake and didn't give them credit okay so but that doesn't negate their entire work and i would argue that with led zeppelin specifically is they probably took ideas and took riffs from blues musicians said their own thing didn't give them the proper credit that maybe they needed to but that Mm -hmm. doesn't negate what they did because every single royalty case ever the song never went away Mm -hmm. they just pay them money so once again it goes back to did they ever actually even do anything no the song still exists so therefore is it really artist to artist? No, I think it's record company to record company. Mm-hmm. So I just get like, I understand because I think it's a terrible thing to do. But in the same sense, if it's not legitimately stealing a piece of work from somebody else, I don't think it's plagiarism. And I think that with the moral high ground and all that shit, it just it just like amps up the emotion in it when really it's just a record company suing another record company to get money from royalties from the song. I don't think there's anything moral about that. So I don't think it ever really accomplishes anything. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess to bring it back to Led Zeppelin, this is pretty much my final point I wanted to make. Gotcha. Um, 
they i while blues music has a history of borrowing songs from other things um and the reason i you know i wanted to bring up bob dylan too like bob dylan admitted that he lifted some you know songs from other people and i don't respect him any less for it because that was the thing to do the part that drives me crazy about led zeppelin is they are playing the innocent card despite the mountain of evidence that has been presented against them they are still acting like they have done nothing wrong if they had just come out and said like exactly what bob dylan said like oh yeah we 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 did that it was kind of you know the tradition there's a good excuse for it i don't think people would have faulted them but rather than just you know owning up to their mistakes they are just doubling down on them even harder um and yet it, the pretty much last thing i wanted to say is at a certain point it is not okay to take a shower with your kids anymore. <laughs> and Jimmy Page showered with his kids until they were in their 30s. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. Um, <laughs> metaphorically. Metaphorically. Um, yeah, and I don't disagree. And I think you're right. And I think there's probably an instance that that happened. However, I will take the side of Led Zeppelin and say, I wrote Stairway to Heaven. The band that we toured with came and said, hey... You stole our song. What song? All this thing where I play these four chords. Okay. That's it? That's all I did? Because everything else in that song is different. I would not bend the knee and say, oh, yeah, no, we took it. But no, I didn't steal your fucking song. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? That's my only argument is just like my issue is is because what what they are accused of is very extreme and very out there and it, it's because it, that's what the, like bob dylan's saying that he lifted other songs i don't that's not what he's saying he didn't literally steal other songs and say mm-hmm. oh, it's a bob dylan song now he took a musical idea ran with it and created his own song that's exactly mm-hmm. what led zeppelin did is it maybe not super cool well there could be some debate there which is the whole point but what i'm saying is they didn't steal songs because when you say that, what you're saying is they took the entirety of a song and tried to pass it off on their own. And the only there are many songs that they did that they literally did that to. <laughs> um, but I wish would... I could like I wish we had time to like play the audio examples because I, I I watched a lot. There's just check out the YouTube videos. There's like tons of these. Um, Whole lot of love is a Muddy Waters cover. Um, you, if you check out Muddy Waters, You Need Love, um, they change some of the lyrics around, but every every other aspect is the same, just done in a different feel. Same melody, same chord progression, different feel, um, but I think that's too much. Uh, Days and Confused is a cover by a guy named Jake Holmes. Um, Babe, I'm Going to Leave You, they stole the melody and lyrics from a Joan Baez song. Um, and there are... There are you know 10 others that i could get into now yeah (laughs) granted but i would just say that like this is still though in an era where it wasn't a thing and i think a lot of this could have been done out of ignorance yeah (laughs) fuck no babe i'm gonna leave you is not uh, sure i guess they could have taken an idea from joan baez that song is completely different there's no way that joan baez (laughs) song sounds anywhere fucking the same as that (laughs) 
They definitely changed up the feel. Like, hers is more of an acoustic thing, but if you listen to the melody and lyrics, it's exactly the same. Um, and the, all I'm saying is, if Led Zeppelin would have admitted, like, oh yeah, uh, we, we kind of borrowed that from Joan Baez, I would have no beef with them at all. But because they're blind, and it's a... <laughs> I hate to bring this up, but it's a very Donald Trump thing to do. Like being accused of something and just be like, nope, that didn't happen. Like, uh, you're trying to gaslight us a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree yeah. with that. I think just overall, there, I, I have. I have a tendency to just side with the people that are accused of it because when I, when I, every time I hear it, I just don't hear it. I don't. I never have honestly heard. A blatant ripoff of another song. Mm-hmm. I've heard things that are similar. I've heard things that are close. I've heard like, well, I could see where they maybe took that idea, but it, then it stops immediately. It's a completely different song. That's just my issue. I've never personally heard it, and I've tried. You, you know, you know that website where you could do all the songs that sound the same. Yeah, like one of the most famous ones is like, um, or one that I hear that is. Um, the raconteurs have steady as she goes mm-hmm. and foo fighters have dear rosemary and all it mm-hmm. is is the rhythm's the same that's the only similarity so yeah. i just i mean that's my thing it's like yeah i hear how this sounds similar but i don't hear how clearly it was stolen i just i don't know i've i've never really heard it that's crazy because I hear it all the time in all of those, and I and I love it. It's one of my guilty pleasures. I go to that website all the time and like, oh shit, it is. The one of my favorites is the uh, Ghostbusters theme song. Um, that was a ripoff of a uh, uh, Huey Lewis and the News song. They actually took Ray Parker Jr. to court, and Ray Parker Jr. lost. Have you heard that one? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> See, I'm aware of Mr. Pixter. I don't know what that is. Oh, so I, the, I'm. <laughs> That that's where I understood the Ghostbuster thing got lifted. Oh, um, they um, Huey Lewis. The, the song is called "I Want a New Drug," um, and Huey Lewis actually won the lawsuit case over that. Oh well, see then, what the hell's Mister Picture? I have no idea. See, so th- that's what it is. Is <laughs> because the chorus is like Ghostbusters, and it's like Mister Picture. It's just it was somebody else who sued the ghostbuster song (laughs) so did they steal it from (laughs) huey lewis or they steal from the stupid ass song called mr pixter yeah it goes way back man that's that that's where we get into the like splitting hairs because yeah like people talk about like greta van fleet a lot ripping off led zeppelin who ripped off pine top perkins who probably ripped off somebody else like i I mean that's my only point i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to act like it's not a thing i'm just like it to me because here is my other issue all right mitch just played me the the Huey Lewis song and then the Ghostbusters theme and what I was going to say was I would if I was on that jury or what however the fuck that's decided I would vote against it because immediately while the rhythm part is the same and it's in the same key I mean I hear that it's still a different song like they're still Mm -hmm. doing things that they didn't blatantly rip off Huey Lewis for Right. Yeah, they added some elements. They, they they stole basically the the I will say the the rhythm guitar and the bass line, and a little bit of the drum f- uh, feel is exactly the same. They, he changed it up just enough. But the other thing that led to him because they don't take just that into a, into account when they do these like lawsuits. Um, the other thing, and I think the biggest reason that 
he lost is that um, the other facts involved, like for example, Ghostbusters the movie came out like a year after Back to the Future did, and Ghostbusters originally hired Huey Lewis in the news to write a theme song for them, but they didn't want to do that because they just did one for Back to the Future. So then they hired Ray Parker Jr. and they and they were like, hey, they, they basically said, hey, we wanted you know we want a Huey Lewis in the news type song. Can you write this? Write something for us and. That was his version of a Huey Lewis song, and it was just too damn close. <laughs> right. And I just think that that's why, and I think this just goes back to like the argument in which I just still kind of disagree with that because I can't help but just be like, unless he wrote the exact same song, he didn't steal the song. He may have took a drum beat, he mm-hmm. may have took the rhythm. Everything else is different. So, that to me that doesn't equate to making it the same and that's the argument the other reason i vehemently disagree with most of most of like plagiarism and music is less about whether or not it's true and just more of the implications of that for example this whole podcast can get taken down because because we play people's music in the beginning yeah true that yeah that's bullshit I don't think that should be a thing because we don't play the whole song. We don't sit there mm-hmm. and play it. You know what I mean? As But it can. That's what happens mm-hmm. on YouTube all the time. You play any yeah. amount of any song or any part of a movie, it gets flagged and taken down. Yeah. And then you yeah. have to go up against like universal music and you're, you know, you can't win that. And it's, it's a flawed, it's inherently a flawed system in YouTube. And that is the issue. But I would just equate that to me. Copyright laws really, to me, kind of become like, thought police type shit and it's like you're telling roar parker jr that he stole the song when in his mind it's like i wrote something in the vibe of huey lewis first off most huey lewis songs sound the same anyways Um, (laughs) true it's just like john fogarty went to court about plagiarizing himself yeah yeah and that's ludicrous <laughs> like yeah, oh you wrote right. this song in ccr you wrote the song as a solo musician well they sound awfully the same it's like well i wrote the motherfuckers <laughs> right. who cares it's, it's my shit so that's yeah. just that's just kind of my issue is i just i think it borders on that and i'm not saying that that's every case every instance i'm not i just mm-hmm. i think we should rally against it a little bit more and not just side with it because it's like oh these do kind of sound the same it's like i don't know i think we should learn the huey lewis riff and you should learn the you know what i mean in the (laughs) ghostbuster riff and play them next to each other and see if they really are the same riff or are they just similar Mm. and that's where i'm like well what are we suing about that it sounds too close to it or that it's the same thing Mm. there's it's just i i think it's all too theoretical and yeah true i don't think that's a fair enough thing because it's not the money it's not the lawsuit it's not all that that happens it's the then implication that it's like oh you stole a song and it's like no that's not at all the case is you wrote a song that sounds similar enough that we that we're saying you stole you know what i mean there's that moral implication there and that's that's my issue with copyright laws Mm-hmm. because it comes down to theft and then we accuse somebody of stealing something and then they have to live with that implication yeah yeah true and i just i don't know i just that's where i'm like i don't i don't think that's like super cool or okay and i think it kind of gets out of hand very quickly mm-hmm. i'm not saying that led zeppelin didn't do it but i'm also not saying that maybe they did enough to the song for it to be different enough that it's maybe not an actual theft of song 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe there are some that they did and maybe they should pay up for those, but maybe there's a lot they didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it, that's just my back and forth about it. I do have a question that will sound like you know rhetorical, but it's not. Um, why is it that Led Zeppelin is one of the most celebrated bands in rock history, whereas uh, uh, Vanilla Ice is a joke because he ripped? Well, I mean, I think I know the answer to that because Led Zeppelin did so much more than just the songs that they ripped off, and Ice Ice Baby was a one-hit wonder. <laughs> that was obviously stolen. Well, I think that's a pretty fair question. Why do we vehemently hate Vanilla Ice and we don't hate mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin? Yeah, yeah. I would say because they may, they probably took more of a music, musical idea than they should have. But they still wrote a Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, yeah. I would say that Vanilla Ice... I, I would honestly say that Vanilla Ice did the same fucking thing. I don't think it's that different. I really don't. I think he did the same fucking thing. I think that we should probably not beat the dude up so much because I think he's mm-hmm. right. He tried, he took the base from under pressure and tried to change it. Mm-hmm. He just didn't change it enough in legal eyes. Well, I don't know. Did he ever, I mean, did he get, did, was he actually sued and found guilty of that whole thing? Yeah. I okay. think I'm pretty sure he lost the, the lawsuit, which is why I'm pretty sure like, Queen and David Bowie are written as like co-writers for Ice Ice Baby now. I mean, I guess that would be my only thing. If I was, so I guess I can really see this point with Led Zeppelin. If 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 somebody came to me and said, you know, like, well, here's this song, and I would be like, yeah, I do know that song, and yeah, I kind of I like the riff, so I took the riff. But here's what I changed to make it my own riff. It was just kind of a starting point and musical. First off, that's so formulaic in a creative process. I don't think you can really draw that line but i don't know i guess mm-hmm. people feel that they can um but i would agree and i think if the if the way to solve that would be i will give you songwriting credit because i was heavily influenced by this song and i did i did take some musical ideas from that i don't see why that's a big deal to do i think the only reason it's a big deal to do is because you then have to pay them so my second now my my rebuttal to that whole thought is is it really Led Zeppelin's decision or is it the record companies? Yeah. I would wager because the record companies also own part of your songs. So I would kind of wager like, is it really Led Zeppelin's decision or is it the record company? Cause I'm pretty sure they're mm-hmm. capital capital records is one of the biggest record companies in the world. So yeah. that would be my thing is I don't think you have that much input in the decision personally. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's that, that's my only rebuttal to that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, I pretty much am out of points, so I think we we did it. <laughs> <laughs> I am too, and I think we did it. So I think I think we did a good job. I think we could see each other's perspectives. I really think that record companies are evil, and I Definitely. think we can agree on that. <laughs> they're more of the ones to blame than necessarily. Because once again, I just don't think Jimmy Page was like, mm, "Fuck Joan Baez, I'm stealing her <laughs> shit." I just don't think that's what happened. You know what I mean? They're like, they did a tune. Maybe they really took a lot from it and they did it. And then capital, fuck it. I don't care. Sue us. Who gives a shit? There's no copyright laws. Like, I I don't know. I just, I don't think it's as malicious as we want to make it out to be. That, that's, that's my main point. I don't, I don't think Jimmy Page or Elvis or Vanilla Ice was just like, oh, I'll just, (laughs) 
And then John Mayer can sit there and openly say, oh, yeah, I just fucking take the chord progression on any famous song I know and then just do whatever with it. And then everybody <laughs> loves John Mayer. All right. Right. Exactly. That, that yeah. seems like total <laughs> hypocrisy to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I think. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's about it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's anticlimactic. Yeah. Well. There's good points there. I could. I think we both can see each other's perspective. So as a as a fair debate. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, the only other thing I'll say is if you haven't already, go check out some of those YouTube videos that's comparing like Led Zeppelin songs to other you know folk blues songs. Um, and while you're there, just go to that go to that website. I think it's what soundslike.com. dot com. Um, good way to kill a few hours. Like it's it's pretty entertaining and okay, some of it's splitting hairs, but some of it's just like genuinely hilarious <laughs> well and, and some of it i mean it is really interesting whether you know mm-hmm. we want to call it like theft or not it's it yeah. is interesting to hear and and once again i i think that i i think that it's 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 cool to listen to but also one thing we didn't talk about that i was going to put in there is like there's never been a copyright issue with jazz you know what i mean it's never been yeah. like some jazz player was like oh he stole my fucking thing you know in jazz they're openly like hey i'm gonna play this this famous part of this solo real fast yeah yeah i just think it's pop music because it's formulaic true that yeah yeah so it's fun to hear <laughs> but uh anyways do, do we want to do once you cranking i think the truth is you've been listening to weezer i've been listening to foo fighters really that's that's pretty much it yeah did you have any uh thing you want to talk about foo fighters wise because i definitely beat the shit out of weezer uh no i i think all i wanted to say is like their new album sounds really good um all all the singles are have you listened to any of the singles yet i've only heard the one that was on uh saturday night live i didn't i haven't heard the other two. Oh shame shame so you, shame shame yeah, yeah yeah no son of mine came out that's really really fucking good and then they have one called waiting on a war um that's also really good um hmm, so okay, i'm cool yeah so all those singles are good so yeah, yeah. It, i would be lying if i said i was listening to much else yeah yeah F- quick thing about foo fighters we me and erica were like watching tv and there was like a i think there was like a chevy commercial or something where um there was a foo fighter song in it and i can't remember what it was i want to say it was like everlong or something it was um, uh learn to fly i've heard learn it. to fly yeah. yes that's what it is yeah learn to fly but then like in the end of the uh the commercial they're showing off how there's like this middle console with a really cool screen and it says shame shame by foo fighters like currently playing and it's like that's not what's currently playing like <laughs> we just thought it was weird like use use shame shame in your ad if you're gonna say that you know it it, it just felt weird <laughs> no agreed and obviously you know they got paid a nice big fat check for yeah, exactly. that and it kind of bums me out a little bit but i yeah. guess at the same sense i was like man i don't know chevy came to me and was like hey you want like five hundred thousand dollars so we can use that song that you wrote like 15 years ago i'd be like fuck yeah i don't give a shit are you gonna give <laughs> exactly. me a chevy i don't right. know so in this i you know i you know what's funny is like i like to have this moral high ground with like art and music and stuff but then mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, it's like man if i was in that position and it like like you want to pay me you know several hundred thousands of dollars to use my song in a commercial like dude i don't care it's you know just yeah. my song like if you're going to pay me money to do it, then yeah. 
Yeah, definitely, man. That's a whole nother episode. But yeah, people talk about like how they, they hate bands because they like sold out. Like I, I, I don't respect musicians any less for selling out because like I would, I would put in the same shoes. I would probably do the same thing. Like Maroon 5 is one of those like bands. And if you ever listen to early stuff, it's like, it's upbeat, it's rock, it's metal. It's like, um, but somebody came up to him and was just like, hey, um, we like your look. Um, we like the way you play. Um, you need to change everything else about you, and we're gonna, you're going to be set. And they were like, okay, sounds good. All the music we've written up to this point, fuck it. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> I, I think that's a little bit different. But, <laughs> but it is hard for me to like like a band less because their music's in a commercial like portugal the man actually ended up having some of their oh, music yeah. in taco bell commercials which is hilarious because that's mm-hmm. totally that demographic like stoners are <laughs> right. taco bell at two o'clock in the morning definitely listen exactly. to portugal the band but it's like good yeah. for them like you know what i mean they're making money on their music and isn't it kind of when you start out as a musician isn't that the goal to yeah, have that yeah. be how you live yeah, I think people are just butthurt because they want to feel cool and hipster about a band, and they're like, oh, yeah, I, I saw them at a show, and there were 30 people there, and now they're selling out, um, you know, stadiums. Uh, they they really changed. Like, they didn't change. They, like, you know, you, you, you just want to have this special thing between you and this band that you appreciate, but also the goal of this band is to become super famous, so it's pretty hypocritical. Like, if you love this person's music, you should wish them the best and want everybody to know about it. So, anyway. No, totally agree. I did the same thing with Florence and the Machine. Yeah. Because I was like super into them. And then they started getting radio play and start being in commercials. And I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. But in the end, that's that's what I realized. I was like, oh, no, good for yeah. them. More people now know. About- and Florence and the Machine was like real, real popular at one point. Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, no, in the end, I was just happy because now I could talk yeah. to people about Florence and the Machine and they've mm-hmm. heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, interesting topic. Um, we got to wrap this thing up here, call it a day. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do next. This was an idea we've been sitting on for a couple weeks, a couple months, really. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess until next time when we figure out some other trivial thing to fucking argue about, I guess. <laughs> exactly, guys. Well, stay fresh, cheese bags. And until next time, who are you going to call? Ice, ice, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.